Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. The US Open champion is Naomi Osaka of Japan. I don't really think that that is going to tell us everything we need to know from what we've witnessed over the course of the last few hours. But this is the Tennis Podcast. We are brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We are sponsored by Amazon Prime Video UK, for whom Catherine has been presenting the coverage tonight on a quite mind-blowing night, really. Um, And... It's difficult to know where to start. So what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what happened from where I stood. Uh, and I was part of the BBC Radio 5 Live coverage. I wasn't commentating tonight, but I was, uh, I was watching it. I was uh, sent out into the stadium to interview people and to get some reaction to all the events that unfolded. But this is what happened as I saw it. Naomi Osaka... Um, played absolutely stunning tennis in the first set and she went 5-1 up she ended up winning that set Um, and in the second set Serena Williams was called for coaching, she was given a code violation for coaching from her coach Patrick Moritoglu which subsequently a little video uh, became clear some footage was unearthed showing that he was making hand signals in her direction umpire Carlos Ramos of Portugal said code violation warning Miss Williams she came to the uh, the net and she she disputed it she said that I am I'm not a cheat I would uh, I would rather lose than cheat um, and uh, and so she was pretty un, unhappy with that code violation however it was all pretty polite at that stage thereafter she I think she then lost another game and uh, with losing a game or so she she absolutely destroyed her racket she was then given a point penalty as a result of that it seemed that she didn't actually follow that she'd been given this point penalty until she got back up from her chair um at which point, when she realised she was actually a point behind at the start of the game, um, she got really, really upset. Um, went to the umpire's chair once more, um, demanded an apology, said that, uh, that she, again, she reiterated the point that 
she was not a not a cheat and um and just got incredibly angry at the the chair umpire um to the point where she actually said you owe me an apology you're a liar um you've taken a point off me so you're a thief she also made the point that uh, I'm a mother and I try to treat my teach my I want to teach my child the right things etc um and at the point where she said you're a thief he then said code violation <laughs> verbal abuse game penalty to which the entire stadium started booing um Serena continued her her rant uh, at the umpire the uh, the referee was called out onto the court there were extended delays as both uh, Brian Early and um, Donna Kelso spoke to both players and Serena at that point went from being 4-3 down to 5-3 down Naomi Osaka serving for the match with boos ringing all around the arena and then Naomi Osaka eventually won the match that about sum it up Catherine? Yeah, and that's only the highlights. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's so much has happened over the course of that of those exchanges that it is actually quite hard to keep up. Um, she also accused him during that uh, one of those exchanges of of, of 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 it being sexist umpiring and saying that this this wouldn't this doesn't happen to to male players. I've seen lots worse. Uh, done to male players and they haven't been warned uh, the, the trophy presentation was was incredibly uncomfortable oh, was I, I, was, I was out in the stadium myself at that time trying to I was trying to speak to Patrick Moratoglu you and um, everyone else yeah and I was out so I was out there in the stadium I was actually you know, there's, a, there's a did it sound a bit like this yeah there's a lot of people who are making their opinions thought in the lobby of Catherine's Hotel at the moment and there's a lot of noise so anyway um yeah, I, I think I was the second person to speak to Patrick Moritoglu after Pam Shriver for ESPN, and he said, I'll meet you downstairs. Come on, Law. He said, I'll meet you downstairs because I want to speak to, I want to do it all, with everybody. Oh, an impromptu Patrick press conference? Yeah, it was one of those. Classic. Uh, um, and during the trophy presentation, there was just mass booing at, at basically what it no matter who spoke except Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka there was booing um, when the uh, the interviewer started the Masters of Ceremonies well he didn't cover himself in glory did Tom he Tom Ronaldo. Ronaldo to be honest I couldn't really hear what he was saying Catherine because I was in the stadium he, and just it was just noise I don't know how anybody was picking out anything his first question for Naomi Osaka who was crying and inconsolable at the time having just won her first grand slam was this is a moment you said you've dreamt about all your life is that everything you dreamed it's like he'd scripted the questions before the match mm. and uh he w- it wasn't changing them for anything but anyway that's a that's a that's a mere byproduct yeah. so this all happened then serena when she did get the microphone actually my my reading of it was that after she'd had things are going down here. Crikey, somebody's really getting upset in here and trashing the place. Uh, my reading of it was that when, um, I mean, Serena obviously had utter red mist during this uh, this exchange, and it kind of escalated as it went along with each warning that she got. Um, by the time she got to the trophy ceremony and saw that Naomi Osaka was basically standing there 
about to receive the trophy amidst 23,000 people booing. Um, Serena, I, I, I mean, she'd already given her a hug at the net and she put her arm around her and she got the, the microphone and I believe she said something along the lines of, can we stop booing now? Because, uh, you know, I think she'd realised then that this is, this is going way too far. And this is Naomi Osaka's moment now. Regardless of the circumstance, she'd absolutely earned her moment to, to win that title. And, um, and it was thoroughly uncomfortable, the whole thing. Um, I then went down to speak to, to Patrick Moritoglu. Um, and the first thing I said was did you do it and he said yes I did I, I, I coached her but we all do it that's what happens you know we all coach players and and then he very quickly turned the ire on to and the, the spotlight onto Carlos Ramos the umpire and said that these you know these guys can't stay out of it really and, and that it's that it's his fault um, despite having said and quite clearly that he had coached or tried to coach Serena Williams, so he was actually guilty of that offence, as as it is written. Um, I didn't hear Serena's press conference, so I, it's difficult for me to say exactly how she reacted there afterwards. She was an awful lot more cool and calm in terms of her demeanour. What she seemed to say, and th- this is what I heard, and, and I've looked on Twitter and other people seem to have heard this as well, but I find it hard to believe, is that her ire after receiving the point penalty as a result of breaking the racket was because she genuinely seemed to believe that her protestations after receiving the first warning had resulted in a reversal of the decision by a revo- by Carlos Ramos, a revocation of that first warning. Mm. And therefore, by smashing her racket, she thought she was only incurring a first warning. I, your memory goes back a lot further than mine, David, but I... I mean, umpiring decisions are not revoked. They're not reversed no, on the. On the you know, there might be a a, a review or something afterwards, and a, and a statement or whatever. But on the court, you know, same yeah. as refereeing in football yeah. pre- no, I mean, prior to VAR. It, it, so I, I, I don't, I, I can't reconcile that. No, really. although I, I actually do believe that she she might have thought that that was the case the reason I say that is because when she I was listening closely to when she was talking to him after the first warning and she was very calm and collected and and quite polite at that stage in her protestations to to him she said look I just want you to know that I'm not a cheat she was quite shouty not in the first one it wasn't yeah she said yeah she no when when I'm saying is when she was sitting at the chair after she delivered the first I am not a cheat don't you know when she said I'd rather lose than cheat yeah she was was angry then that was pretty angry she was angry when she said I would rather lose than cheat but when she sat down at the end of the game she said I just want you to know that I'm that I'm not a cheat. I, I yes. want you to I want you to understand that. And and he at that stage was hand on heart to her, and he was saying, "I understand that," but he was coaching. Is what he was saying to her. I, it, and I think what he was trying to say is, "Yes, I do believe you that you're not trying to cheat," but he was coaching, sending you coaching signals. Hence, why you've been warned. I think she took that as, "Oh, you trust me. You believe me." Then. Therefore, I'm not. Maybe, maybe she thought I'm not warned. Then, um, the truth is, uh, my f- 
reading of it, having been out in the stadium for, for quite a lot of this, is that it escalated to such a point where she couldn't see straight anymore. I, I think she was... It, when the first warning came in, Ben Rothenberg tweeted that the difference between her initial complaint and, say, eight, nine years ago against um, Kim Clijsters and then Sam Stosa was so night and day, it just shows how much more mature she is now. Now, the thing mm. is, then it grew. And, I mean, look, she just saw red. And, uh, and, and she had no control over herself um, during the second and third stages of that of that warning process. I mean, the only thing she didn't do is is swear and things like that. But I mean, it was it was as it was as raw as it gets. She had no real control over herself in those moments at all. No, I mean, my my feelings about it all are incredibly nuanced. Just as Serena is an incredibly nuanced person, I. I, we've talked about it before. She's a, she's at once an inspiration and a role model, and somebody that is capable of behaving in a, in a quite unedifying way, as she did this evening, and certainly in a way that, I mean, I don't have children, but certain, I can't imagine wanting my children to look at that and, and think that that's an okay way to behave. So, I, I don't think how she behaved tonight was okay. But equally, that doesn't make me write her off and say, oh, she's terrible. You know, I still find her inspiring and a great role model. But um, I I back Carlos Ramos and his decisions. Um, the issue here is in debate about whether the, the coaching rules should exist and in the inconsistent application of it. You, you don't decry those that decry. You don't decry those that... Um, that apply the rules as they exist, especially in a tournament where informal application of rules, soft power by umpires, has been so controversial and so called into question. You know, how could the other officials not be affected by that, especially going into the biggest match of the tournament? I'm sure he had Liane in the back of his mind and, you know, just play it straight. He played it straight tonight. He applied the rules as they're written, as they're read, and I'm fine with that. I think Patrick Moratoglu is right. It goes on all the time. He said to Pam Shriver that Sasha Byam was doing it. I didn't see him doing it, but I certainly think it's plausible that that was happening. And in the wider scheme of things, that's not good. Address that. Absolutely, this is a, a problematic situation. But Carlos Ramos didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong by the letter of the law. He carried the law out to its letter. He delivered warning then warning point, then warning game. That's what the rule allows him to do and, and tells him he should do uh, in those situations. However, speaking to Pam Shriver afterwards, um, speaking to Marion Bartoli, speaking to Chris Evert uh, in the interviews that I did, I think the common theme amongst all of them was that he, he could have delivered that first one as a soft warning. And he could, have, he could have said to her, your coach is sending you signals. If he does it anymore, I'm going to give you a warning. Now, um, their views, and I think, I think the views of, of many, are that the situation could have been saved had he handled it like that. And that an umpire, as well as delivering 
the, the judgment on the rules also needs to understand the temper the temperature of a match and an occasion and but decide. that's what Leoni was trying to do no I understand that so but the point is should can it be should it be absolutely black and white in every no, situation no but in a situation where it's so unclear where the the integrity of the rules and their application and the the, the all the many grey areas have been so very exposed. I completely back him in taking a straight reading of the rules. Mm. I, you know, I, I don't blame him for, for for not wanting to wander into those grey areas, given given the climate that we're in with officialdom. I I absolutely think he could have gone down the soft power route, but I don't necessarily think he should or ought to have done. I, it wouldn't have been wrong for him to do so um, and things may very well of course they would be very very different but I don't think he was wrong to act the way he did and I certainly certainly understand it within the circumstances of the last two weeks and I, I it's there's definitely in general a huge divide between the way ex-players are seeing this event and the way journalists and commentators are seeing this event mm. um for me, uh, there's a lot more criticism of Carlos Ramos from from ex players. Um, yes, I suppose that's no great surprise. What I, I mean, look, basically we're we're apart from Patrick, who seemed to think that racket smashing shouldn't be an offence. That's what he said to Pam Shriver. But aside from that comment, I think everyone is accepting that offence number two, the racket smashing, was a worthy warning. Most people accept that accusing an umpire of being a liar and a thief constitutes verbal abuse, and if not that, then unsportsmanlike conduct. So basically, we're looking at the first one, aren't we? And and how mm. that was handled. And um, I, I I found there to be some entitlement in Serena's reaction. The sort of how dare you accuse me of being of cheating, of lying, of, of all of this. You accusing me, you know, how, how dare you? Um, when, first of all, he wasn't accusing her of doing that. He was accusing her coach of doing that. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't, unless they'd hatched but, a plan beforehand for him to, but I don't believe that I, happened. But the rules are that you are responsible for how your your coach behaves. So, and she knows that. She, so. Yeah, yeah, she does know that. I have to say, in that heat of the moment, and seeing the way the ire was rising, the red mist was rising, I can see how you could get to a point where you would just feel as though you are being completely. Me too. Um, Me too. I get victimized. it. Victimised. I get it. I don't think we should be saying it's okay because if we say it's okay, no, then it's kids okay. will look at it and go, you know, we have to but punish I also, it and speak out against it. And I don't think the statement this evening from the USTA is particularly helpful. Mm. Um, I think if you're just going to re- release a statement saying how brilliant Serena Williams is, don't release a statement no. saying anything at all. Well, it didn't that- actually address any of the issues. Um, but... I, I get it. I get that Serena Williams, the, the things that make these people great can also reveal character flaws. You know, that we, we want we want people to be these great heroes and inspirations. And, and the, but nuance is everything, isn't it? She's an incredibly complex person. And but equally, she sets herself up as a, a role model. So she has to take the, the criticism as 
on the chin, I think. She has to accept it, accept that she behaves badly, and we can move on from this. As far as I'm concerned, we can move on. It, it, I'm, I'm more than prepared to accept her as a, a brilliant, inspirational woman and a complex and flawed character. I, I'm upset that those complexities and flaws resulted in a, a deeply horrible experience for Naomi Osaka. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. We need to speak about Naomi Osaka. And it's, it's a shame that we are 20 minutes into this podcast and I think, I think I've said her name once in the first yeah. couple of... Of, of seconds of this podcast and 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 perhaps perhaps we shouldn't handle this podcast in that way that's the way it goes but i would defend that by saying we do we do tend if there's a big news story we do tend to lead with that yeah. because there's sort of a sense of urgency about it naomi sure. osaka's first grand slam title will be timeless and mm. do you know what i mean whereas this is uh, anyway yeah no. we, 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 but Talking about her, first of all, her tennis obviously was amazing. None of this would have happened if Serena hadn't been being so roundly beaten by Naomi Osaka in the first set. None of this would have happened. Well, um, yeah. She was frustrated. Obviously, frustration was rising. Then Patrick Muratoglu tries to step in and do something about it. He was getting it to come into the net, wasn't he? Um, and then she got warned, and then it builds. That's that's basically yeah. But what she happened. was she was already in the early stages of the headspace that led to what it led to, because she had no way of she was playing well. It was like Nishikori against Djokovic last night. Mm. Serena was playing well, and she was being roundly beaten. She was playing yeah. well, and she was five one down yeah, to was, a twenty year old. It was one of the more 
shocking sights that that I've seen with Serena Williams on a tennis court. Aside from all the 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 upset, the fact that she was going toe to toe with somebody who was actually getting the better of her in that way. It's, we we haven't seen much of that over the years. Um, the other element is, first of all, I spoke to Sasha Bayan afterwards, and he was just he couldn't quite get his head around how well Naomi Osaka held it together with all I that going either. on. Because I, can't get my head around I mean, it. just imagine being in her shoes for a second. She's 20 years of age. We've heard about how she idolizes Serena Williams, how, how she's only playing the game because of Serena Williams, how she sort of was too scared to go up and say anything to her in, in the locker rooms and wanted to hug the wall because she was in her <laughs> presence and all this sort of thing. And she's beating her. Fair and square, hands down, she is absolutely winning quite comfortably uh, at one stage. Um, and then all of this kicks off. She's got her, her idol losing it, completely losing it. 23,000 people booing. And I, I, I've been, I was in the stadium when it was going on, and it was so loud and it was so uncomfortable. Um, you know, as a journalist, you're kind of buzzing. You're kind of it's 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 a thrill because you know that there's this. Everybody cares. Everybody's watching. And you, and in my case, it was about trying to go and get reaction from people that people wanted to hear from. But I've also been on a court before with David Nalbandian uh, at Queens Club, having got disqualified and as trying to organise a, a trophy presentation uh, when one of the participants has just been disqualified and. Everything that anybody said on the microphone was booed by the, the entire stadium, and uh, and it's it's a shocking. I don't think experience. you asked Marin Cilic if it was everything you'd dreamed of, though. No, uh, the first thing I did, uh, and bear in mind I'm the media director at, uh, at Queens. The first thing I did is I went up to David Nalbandian and I said, "David, what you've just done um, is is wrong, isn't it? You need to now say that." And you need to accept responsibility for it and say that to all of these people here who are all booing everybody because you made a mistake, didn't you? And I know you didn't mean to hurt the guy, but you did, and you deserve to get disqualified. So I, my advice to you would be to, to say sorry to, to the line judge and to everybody. And he said to me, have you finished now? I said, Ooh. yes. He said, shut up. And and the the thing was he he was in the absolute throes of red mist. That's the problem. He was it was still there behind his eyes. I could see it. And he went up. He took the mic and he started to say sorry. He started to say sorry. He tried. He, so he'd obviously heard what I'd said. And he was trying. But then he got really upset about things that had happened earlier in the tournament and all of his previous run-ins with the ATP and things that he didn't like and he got carried away and he ended up saying lots of things that he really shouldn't be saying which and again that's where I would want to just say that once the red mist had died down for Serena Williams she grabbed herself and actually stopped people booing and she was the only person in the stadium who had the power to do that that's exactly the point she was the only person that could do it the only yeah. person and thank goodness she did and you know it it was too late to rescue the moment for Naomi Osaka but it was a it was as good a salvage job as could be done at the time so yep she deserves credit for that more complexity mm. more I mean 
there do, we don't have to have a, a coherent, neat little take on this. No. I don't think it doesn't it doesn't fit into that. No, there isn't. There isn't a sort of I think this no. and everybody else is wrong. There are, which you know, is why can, you know I I'm can... sort of reluctant to spend too much time on Twitter looking at it. Although obviously I have tonight because do, I mean I, what you've got more you've got double 142 characters now haven't you but it just doesn't fit into that you know i have this opinion about this it's i do feel there's one or two i i I saw richard ings the uh the 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 former umpire saying that look everything that carlos ramos did was justifiable according to the the rules and they were they were the right things to do i did reply to him and say could the first one have been a soft informal warning that if you do it, do it again, then you'll get warned. He said, not really. He said, I mean, I, th- I get the feeling that you, you could, it happens, but the fact is that it wasn't, it wasn't Carlos Ramos's fault that Serena Williams took it as, a, as an attack on her integrity. Um, he, was war- he was warning the coach, not her. He wasn't saying you're a cheat. He's saying your coach is coaching you and that's not allowed. And and then it just bubbled up from there. Um, and I look, I've lost my temper before. It doesn't happen very often, but a couple of times. And and I've done things I, I, I'm not proud of in those moments. So I don't want to appear as though it doesn't happen to to all of us in some way at some time. But she did go too far. It was un, it was. I'm sorry. It was uncomfortable. It was it was, it was not great. Yeah, it was worse than uncomfortable. There were times when it it was. It was, it was nasty, wasn't it? It was, it was the accusatory nature of it. You know, there's something about the the pointing and the yeah. Which, look, which, it was horrible. It which was is horrible. which does re- you know it does remind of 2009 and 2011 yeah. when it happened before here. Yeah, I, I look, th- she has this in her. She has brilliance and greatness and kindness and all of that in her as well. But she obviously has this in her. Yeah, it's re- it is red mist. Look, John McEnroe back in the day. We, you know, we we like John McEnroe on, on lots of levels. We we we've we've got to know him, but he sometimes behaves appallingly, and I've told him that. Yeah. Not that he needs me to tell him that, but I've <laughs> but I've I heard him say one or two things in the past um, ten years or so ago, and I and I said you know, well I said my piece, and look, he knows he doesn't need me to say it, but this happens to people sometimes. Um, and uh, and we can't pretend that it's okay. I agree with you on that score. On the subject of Naomi Osaka, she came pretty promptly, actually, maybe about 15 minutes after she left the court, she came to the Wow Wow studio, the Japanese mm. TV network, and their studio is next door to us. So we were actually live on air for the moment that she walked in, and in the Wow Wow studio, they always give a big round of applause whenever any of their guests come in. And I'm pleased to tell you that she had a big, beaming smile on her face oh. because that image of her standing on the court while Tom Rinaldi is trying to do his thing and she's pulling the visor she's got tears dripping from her cheeks and she's pulling the visor down over her face that will that will live with me for a long long time oh. so she, I, I, I sort of saw that on the big screen but it's it was difficult to follow exactly what was um, what was going on one thing that the the the, Serena mentioned, and uh, and 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 I put to to Chris Evans in my interview, and I heard Pam Shriver talk about it as well. Is this i uh, this idea that Serena mentioned of this being 
sexist umpiring in as much as male players do this stuff all the time they say all these things all the time they crash their rackets down um it was a bit like well why me why am i getting the game penalty why am i getting judged this harshly um when the men when it doesn't happen to the men and i have to say one or two of those ex-players did feel that that there are different standards applied here because you rarely see a woman on the court react with that degree of fury and therefore you you rarely it seems worse it seems, it seems worse yeah. exactly I can certainly imagine that being the case yeah and look I think I think you have to take the racket smash out of it because I I, I think the rules on racket smashing and their application are pretty consistent there's no way you could not have given no a I mean it's, I mean smash. I find them bizarre because you throw a racket and it if you badly throw a racket and it remains intact you don't get a warning yeah but if you do it really well you get a warning um and barring the odd anomaly i think that is applied pretty well so let's take that out of the equation because i think that applies on both the men's and women's tour i all i can say is it's not where my mind went in the moment but i will never tell a woman that she's who feels that she's experiencing sexism I won't I won't tell her that she's not and I, I think any responses that say this wasn't I, I, I really it really bothers me when people particularly men and it was generally men that do it say this isn't about gender because it's always about gender everything you know you, you there's never one interaction there's never a single interaction that you have where you're not a woman you know every experience you have in life is about being women some of them are positive some of them are negative but you can't disentangle it all and say this is about gender and this isn't um so even if not intentionally and knowingly done but as you know it's not about that it's about a culture i don't think anyone even serena williams is suggesting for a moment that carlos ramos is sitting there thinking Oh, I don't like don't like the way a woman's saying calling me a thief and a liar. If a man were doing this, then I'd be fine with it. But no one's suggesting that for a moment. I don't think. Um, no, and look, but, but and the other, beca- the other way around is cultural, my point. You'll never know. The other you'll way never ra- know. But the other There's way, no scientific. The other way around is my point, though. She's saying, um, "You, this doesn't happen to a man. What you're doing to me." Well, let's try and think of an example of of a man behaving that badly and I'm I'm I'm, gen- I'm putting you on the spot here because that's the only way to have a direct comparison is the only way to know Victor Troyichki I think had a rant I can't remember what happened to him that time uh, at Wimbledon um, I mean there, look there are loads there's John McEnroe but John McEnroe certainly had a, a game well, penalty uh, which he got defaulted or from the point, Australian no, Open he, I think Yes, he did actually. Yeah. He did, and that was and that was also in this accruing yes. of penalties, and it ended up with default. Um, we've seen obviously uh, uh, the the extreme one of now Bandian uh, with his kick, um, but in terms of verbal abuse, McEnroe is is the one that immediately springs to mind because of. But he said the f word straight at the umpire. Yeah, I mean, look, as I say, for me, it's not mem- where my mind went, and. <laughs> think as everybody probably knows i'm pretty alert to that kind of thing um but she's experienced things that i haven't i'm not going to tell her about her experience of being a woman in a man's world um so i i will listen to her thoughts on that 
and think about them mm. and consider them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to, to well, do with it. Again, We're not going to have a scientific conclusion no, on it. No, no. Look, once but again, I'm not going dis- to. Not, exactly. It's nuanced. I'm yeah. not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to cry sexism either. I. Yeah, I don't have a neat little conclusion. No. No, on no. that it's all very unsatisfactory isn't it not least for Naomi Osaka who was spellbinding tonight spellbinding. It, it, we had in her tonight take all this aside we had her coming good on all the potential that we've seen in her over the years and and then some actually because it's not just about ball striking and movement it's about handling moments and so many players can hit a good tennis ball or, or, or can play incredible tennis. But not everybody can hold it together at the biggest moments in their entire careers, in their entire lives, and still win. And to do it... and I can't think of more trying circumstances than she had to produce her best tennis in, and she didn't blink. She didn't blink when she was closing on a victory. She didn't blink when she's in having 23,000 people booing. She didn't blink when it's Serena Williams on the other side of the net. And she didn't blink when Serena Williams was getting incredibly angry and making a situation, well, just escalate. And I, I can't quite believe what she managed to do under those circumstances in a, a, a quite one of the one of the great first grand slam final appearances ever i would say can you think of a better one sloan stevens last year was good but you in know, the circumstances that that was just about tennis maybe under the well this is the thing i would say something like boris becker winning wimbledon at yeah. 17 but again and and you look at his age but Bearing in mind all those factors that I've just mentioned, it, it is quite mind-blowing that she managed to still win. <laughs> yeah. Well, to my to my m- m- less deep memory than yours, it is the best debut Grand Slam final performance that I can remember. And I, I just hope that one day she'll be able to think of it without instantly thinking of how it happened. Um, I'm sure it'll take a while long while maybe who knows um but one day one one day it won't be like the first thing that comes to her mind you know maybe a few moments later she go oh yeah and that happened i mean i think a lot depends on what sort of person she is and i don't know her um i well, personally she tells good knock knock jokes well she does that uh, but i i kind of feel that she will be able to um quite soon just because of the type of person that she seems to be um, I hope, I hope so. so. She's got some poker face, hasn't she? Because it's yeah. not like it wasn't getting to her. We saw yes. that in the ceremony. It was awful. She was. Yeah. It was horrible for her. It's not like she wasn't aware of it and it wasn't hurting her. It's that she dealt with that. What was nice, though, and and I have to say, I mean, I, I was. I thought the crowd were appalling at times as well. Really, yeah, they were. But, you know, it becomes. It becomes almost mob mentality mm-hmm. at times. And yeah, it's like a, it was like the audience of a Jeremy Kyle recording. And, and that's why you needed Serena Williams to step in, and thank goodness she did. You know, I, I would like it if she'd have done it earlier, but I also, you know, who am I? I'm not judging juries to how people feel when they're losing the plot like that. At least she grabbed herself, and she did it off her own back, and she stopped it. And, and she turned the attention back on Osaka, and at least 
once Osaka was shown on the, she wasn't the bad guy you know there was no I mean the one other thing that was I do feel sad about is because of the reaction in the crowd and I actually understand why they did this having again been on a court when I've been in a situation like this that Carlos Ramos wasn't even given whatever little no. gift he gets given Which for umpire in a match was the right call because yeah. I wouldn't want to see the reaction that he would have received. No, people would have been throwing things. It would have been awful, and I'm glad he was shielded from that. But what a sorry state of affairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope, yeah, he can bounce back from this as well. Um, and listen, you know, just, just, just one very quick thing about Carlos Ramos. Every time we told, anybody told their Mohamed Leani story, they started, with it, started it with, what a lovely guy. Well, I've known Carlos Ramos for 20 years, and he's the first umpire I ever met when I worked my first day in tennis. And he's the first person I ever had lunch with on my opening day at the ATP when I was green around the gills and and 25 years old. And he couldn't have been a more charming, helpful, nice person to me on a personal level. And you can make your own call about what what he does as an umpire tonight, but don't tell me he's not a nice guy because he bloody well is. Anyway, and look, you know, heat of the moment and all that, um, and we understand human emotions run wild. That's why we love the sport. That's why we care about the sports. Why we love sport generally. Um, but but it's it's bittersweet. There's no no other way of saying it. David, we seem to be inadvertently gate crashing a party. We do. So let let's let them have their party. We've been the tennis podcast, brought to you in association with the Telegraph and Amazon Prime Video UK, uh, who are going to be broadcasting tomorrow the men's singles final, presented by Catherine Whitaker. Yes, and the women's doubles final. Excellent. That's from five thirty UK time, and men's singles final from eight thirty UK time. Be there or be square. Okay, I will. Well, I can't because I'll be on the radio commentating. But anyway, that'll be on BBC Radio. But Catherine will be presenting. I haven't been able to see her coverage tonight, but from everything I've heard, she did an absolutely fabulous job. And I have no doubts that that happened because I know. Um, We have been the Tennis Podcast, executive produced by Melanie Bowes, by Triple S, by TennisBalls.com. We thank you all for listening. We thank Charlie the Ferret for being our mascot. We thank La Manga Club for being our sponsor as well. And we'll be back tomorrow with our final US Open Tennis Podcast. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 